Chapter Ten of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: A Marked Day. Years afterwards, whenever Glyde Douglas wanted to refer to an especially happy period in her life, she was sure to go back to New York and spend over again those days with Uncle Anthony especially to that lovely friday which followed the attempt to find a prayer meeting uncle anthony gave up almost the entire day to his niece in the morning they went shopping the conversation which was held just before they started is perhaps worthy of record glyde had confided to her uncle the existence of the two-dollar bill and the important part which it was to play in her affairs he was the most sympathetic of confidants all right he said his gray eyes twinkling with pleasure we'll attend to that the first thing what have you thought of oh nothing glyde explained or rather a hundred things still i think i have very nearly settled upon some of them i must have something silk for mother i suppose it will have to be a handkerchief does she particularly dote on silk handkerchiefs i don't think she has any i mean a soft white one that she can knot up and wear at her throat when she is dressed you don't know how it would be done uncle anthony but i do she would look pretty in it and for father i think i shall get some new neckties i know the kind he likes and i heard mother tell him that his were getting shabby i think i can get two but perhaps not i don't suppose you know what those neat little black ones cost do you they are not in the least like the ones you wear that means i suppose that mine are not neat never mind i can stand it no i don't know what they cost but there is probably somebody in town who does go on what next why the girls are the hardest not because there are so few things to get them but so many yesterday when we were going downtown we passed a jewelry store it looked large and handsome and the windows were brilliantly lighted and there were some tiny pins displayed wee bits of pins clover leaves you know and violets and mignonette they were marked only thirty-five cents could they possibly have been good for anything at that price good for bits of glass and bright-colored paper said uncle anthony glyde laughed cheerfully i was afraid so she said then i am undecided in regard to the girls i thought if thirty-five cents could buy anything of that sort which estelle and fanny could wear i should like to get them for it happens that both of them have broken their pins oh well said uncle anthony we might look them up and see perhaps they would do for everyday wear seems to me you are very modest in your wishes silk handkerchiefs and even neat neckties are small affairs to represent your first visit to new york are they not well but i have to be modest laughed glyde didn't i tell you what my resources were i see but give free rein to your imagination can't you for the fun of the thing suppose you had well for purposes of illustration we will say a hundred dollars to spend this morning i'll venture a neat necktie that you would waste the entire morning tossing over things and wouldn't have the least idea how to spend them wouldn't i with a little emphatic nod of her head which was very becoming to glyde 
i know just exactly how to spend them i've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars in that way uncle anthony and i'm thoroughly posted all right go ahead let me hear you think aloud i never saw a girl who could spend a hundred dollars quickly and sensibly what would you get for that mother of yours for instance besides the silk handkerchief i should get her a silk dress a beautiful black silk dress just such an one as she ought to wear to church and everywhere i don't suppose you half understand mother's uncle anthony yours died when you were such a little boy but you see they have a way of giving everything up to their daughters and sons too i suppose and going without themselves when i was a little girl mother used to have a black silk dress which she wore to church almost every sunday i can remember drawing my hand over it to feel how soft it was and i know just how mother looked in it but she hasn't worn a silk dress for it must be five years she cut that one over for estelle that time when she went to syracuse with you you remember and she has never had another you see there are so many grown-up daughters that she cannot do things for herself at least she thinks she cannot as for father i should buy a great big splendid overcoat for him just as warm and comfortable as could be he wears a rather shabby one now and it is not warm enough for the coldest weather either but when we talk to him about it he shakes his head and says it will do nicely for him then for the girls since it is something which will last forever i should get real truly pins costing as much as five or six dollars there haven't i spent almost my hundred dollars but at this tremendous estimate for a truly pin uncle anthony had thrown back his head and laughed so long and loud that it was some moments before he could answer her you have done very well he said at last remarkably well for a girl especially about the expensive pins <laughs> well but she said with a pretty pretense of indignation that was if possible more fascinating than her merriment what would you have me do i could not spend it all on pins could i and have nothing left for the dress and overcoat that is the way they do it three-fourths of the time my dear i verily believe said uncle anthony sobering at once and regarding his niece with an air of peculiar tenderness in truth his laughter had been very near to tears this innocent little girl who had fallen so unsuspectingly into his trap had revealed much more than she realized the fact presented itself to him for the first time that his favorite and indeed only surviving sister was straightened even in her wardrobe and his pale-faced brother-in-law who had for years been carrying on a hand-to-hand -hand struggle with feebleness wore a shabby overcoat which was not heavy enough for him while he anthony ward without wife or child or any one dependent upon him was receiving a fine salary and tossing it about carelessly without regard to the comfort of even his very own and here was this unselfish girl with only two dollars of her own in the world planning to spend every cent of it in little useful things for her loved ones conscious all the while of greater needs which she could not supply they went out very soon after this making their way with all speed downtown and plunging presently into the wonders and delight of denning's store 
here for the moment glyde lost her head entirely over the glories displayed and uncle anthony smiled to himself as he thought he saw the soft white silk handkerchief lose its important place in her memory he need not have feared in a very few minutes she pulled herself up sharply and said with the gravity of one who had responsible matters on her shoulders uncle anthony take me to the handkerchief department please i must not spend time over these lovely things until my work is done he obeyed in subdued silence and with the utmost care the handkerchief was chosen from a great multitude the particular maiden must have it just so fine and of just such a delicate tint of creamy white with just such a hemstitch and no other before the purchase was completed the patient saleswoman and the patient waiter realized that the shopper knew just what she wanted then uncle anthony electrified them both by gravely asking to be shown some black silk which would match the handkerchief you mean black silk handkerchiefs said the bewildered clerk handkerchiefs no indeed i mean black silk dresses or the stuff to make them of such as ladies wear i have a fancy for seeing how a white handkerchief looks on a black silk dress with a strange mixture of bewilderment dismay and delight setting all her pulses to throbbing glyde followed her uncle through the intricacies of one department after another until the silk room was reached here he suddenly developed into the keen critical man of business examining textures and shades with the air of an expert and asking questions which betrayed such a surprising knowledge of grades and styles as to fill the mind of his niece with awe and the clerk with respect he ignored glyde's timid hints that that silk was very expensive and the other was very heavy and tossed the precious fabrics about with careless hand at last came the important question how much does it take to make a dress for a woman of medium size the clerk suggested sixteen yards then give me twenty of this kind he said promptly selecting the finest piece on the counter glyde fairly held her breath while the rich breadths were being counted off once she began a timid protest uncle anthony can you possibly be buying that for mother i never even dreamed of such a thing and mother would be so mortified if she thought that i he interrupted her see here i gave careful and silent attention to your shopping now you just hold on until i get through with mine she was my sister long before she was your mother remember and if i have a fancy to see how a black silk dress looks under a white silk handkerchief what is that to you give me all the belongings that go with such a dress buttons and braid and lining and everything you can think of this last to the amused saleswoman who hastened to do his bidding never was silk dress better supplied with belongings than was that from the silk department uncle anthony asked in a low tone to be shown to the room where they kept sacks for young ladies like this one with a nod of his head toward glyde the appreciative attendant returned the nod and led the way swiftly glyde following her uncle in a state of mind more easily imagined than described in vain she exclaimed and protested when she found to what he had brought her 
uncle anthony had taken matters entirely into his own hands and would have his way that sack is all very well for estelle he assured her and i don't deny that it is rather becoming to you but you might as well have one of your own and i have a fancy for a kind they used to wear which i see has come back again try this one on little girl and see how it strikes me it was one of the newest styles fine and heavy and beautifully trimmed yet simple enough for a girl of the most refined tastes the quick eye of the saleswoman had caught the right size and the garment fitted as though made to order it suits me exactly uncle anthony announced in his most complacent tone your aunt estelle used to wear one very much like it go over to the mirror little girl and see what you think if it pleases you as much as it does me we'll call it a bargain no girl could have looked at herself in a full-length mirror and caught such a reflection as glyde did without being pleased her face spoke for her you like it said uncle anthony glad of it you may as well keep it on and have the other sent home it is warmer than that and this is a pretty cold morning but uncle anthony she said moving toward him and speaking low her appalled eyes had caught sight of the figure marked on the sleeve card and she did not know how to make her protest strong enough i truly do not need it my sack which i have at home is warm warmer than estelle's and i do not mind its being a little old-fashioned and indeed i cannot think that you know how very expensive this one is yes i do i know exactly what it costs you don't suppose i am foolish enough to buy an article without finding that out first thing do you i call it very reasonable for a garment gotten up in that style it is well lined you see and will outlast three or four like that one you had on the question is does it suit you as well as anything you see around here oh it could not be lovelier but then we won't waste time over conjunctions disjunctive ones at that just let the young lady wear it home will you and send the other to my hotel with the handkerchief you know and other things the sympathetic saleswoman laughed she had not had such an enjoyable customer in many a day her heart was in the entire enterprise she led the way for uncle anthony with such promptness and success that several more bewildering purchases were made by him before he announced himself ready for luncheon uncle anthony's lunches which he managed entirely were little studies in art for his companion on this particular day the oysters he ordered were served on a little silver-covered dish and the coffee in a tiny silver coffee pot as he served his companion to oysters and beamed on her while she poured him a cup of coffee and carefully sugared and creamed it to his liking he said this is something like a little table to ourselves and somebody to look after me i'll tell you what glyde i think i'll steal you and carry you home to keep house for me how should you like that the only trouble is i don't stay at home three weeks at a time and what would become of my bird in her cage while i was scurrying around the country what will you have glyde for a finish cream or what we must be somewhat expeditious it is later than i supposed and there is a good deal of business to be done yet 
glide assured him that she had thought everything and more too was already done but before the day had fairly closed she saw how mistaken she had been the neckties were duly attended to and then uncle anthony seated her in a chair in a large clothing store and went off on his own account he knew about overcoats and needed none of her assistance or protests but he laughed softly while he tumbled them over and examined and criticized and finally selected at the thought of the mixture of delight and dismay with which the little girl would examine his trophy when he displayed it in her room that evening he took care that it should be heavy enough and of a material which would last for several winters at least but no word concerning the purchase was hinted when he returned to glide to know if she was rested and ready for more shopping then he dazzled her completely by the display of glories in a certain jewelry store on broadway it was by no means the one in which she had seen the thirty-five cent pins and she exclaimed in almost terror over the marks attached to those in the show window and to her uncle's suggestion that she might as well have a look at some real things while she had the opportunity replied that it seemed almost wicked even to look at such extravagance it does really she said in great earnestness as he bent over the case with her and followed her eyes look at that blazing circle of diamonds marked two thousand dollars think of wearing as much money as that to fasten one's collar i am honest in saying i think it is wicked if i were oh ever so rich i am sure i shouldn't do it at least i mean i hope i shouldn't for mustn't it be wicked when the world is so full of people who actually haven't bread enough don't torture me with any ethics of that kind to-day little girl her uncle said good-humouredly i am not in the mood for them i'm not going to buy any two thousand dollar diamonds though you need not be troubled but it will do no harm to admire them come to this side and see if you find anything which pleases your taste and your morals better the case on the other side gleamed with beauty and glide studied it and exclaimed and enjoyed to her uncle's entire satisfaction they did not seem so wicked she assured him there for instance was a perfectly lovely pin marked fifteen dollars to be sure she would not think of buying it not if she had the money in her hand any more than she should the two thousand dollar one but then being the real thing she supposed they could not make it any cheaper than that and she could imagine herself if she had a great deal of money spending so much for a pin and thinking it right because it was something which would always last then she asked somewhat timidly if her uncle supposed it possible in such an elegant place that there could be any real cheap pins which were worth buying like those she had told him about in the window wait a little he said no i don't think that there are any of that kind here but we can go elsewhere after we have had our enjoyment out of these i like that twelve-dollar one at the left that one with the pearl in the centre don't you they discussed and argued over the different styles and agreed and disagreed a dozen times as to shapes and degrees of beauty and enjoyed themselves as only a girl can who is in love with the beautiful and has had little chance to enjoy it 
and a man who is lonely and is getting his pleasure entirely out of her enjoyment when at last glyde obliged herself to draw back from the case and say uncle anthony i am keeping you dreadfully am i not i forgot that we ought to hurry he closed the scene suddenly and struck her dumb with amazement and confusion by ordering two of the twelve-dollar pins which she had insisted were the prettier and also the identical fifteen-dollar one which she had first noticed and to which her affections had steadily clung oh dear she said almost with a sob as they emerged at last from the place of enchantment uncle anthony i don't know what to say to you say it is cold said her uncle briskly and that we must hurry home to dinner we have got to hunt up another prayer meeting to-night chapter ten